You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network. Podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. Warrior Auburn fans, welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion. Part of the E2C Network. I'm A.D. Richardson, and I'm also here with my buddy, Jared Davis. We're going to be talking about some whiny babies over there in Tuscaloosa, <laughs> a.k.a. Saban. Because he's a whiny baby. But, Jared, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, War Eagle, everybody. And uh, just just trying to live with the new normal. So you uh, figure all that out every day. I don't even know what today is, AJ. <laughs> but uh, we're rocking and rolling, man. How about y'all? Yeah, we're doing well. Still hanging in there. Still staying safe. And uh, now we get to see some NCAA rule changes. I feel like this is one of the first little bits of NCAA news that's come out since this complete shutdown. So, hey, it's something for us to talk about. And uh, it directly impacts Auburn um, and, I guess, was impacted by Auburn, these rule changes. How was that, AJ? Huh. Uh, good please cue. explain how it, directly impa- <laughs> how it directly involves Auburn. Uh, well, let's say that Saban went to the refs and – uh, the officials of the NCA and said, uh, yeah, we don't like that rule, how Auburn got that extra uh, field goal right before half. And uh, so let's make a change. Let's, let's say you have to have three seconds before half if there's some sort of uh, review like that for that to happen. So, you know what? I've seen people be calling this the, the Saban rule. I'm going to call it the Malzahn rule because Malzahn used that for better or for worse, I'm an Auburn fan, so I'm going to say it's the better. It helped us. I mean, it didn't – in the end, it did help us because we did win by a field goal. But I still think you put any other situation out there for pretty much any other team where they've got a 52-yard field goal and literally a second to snap the ball, place it, and kick it, yeah, I don't think there's many teams out there that will be able to do that. And that's credit to our special teams and Anders Carlson's leg um, to be able to make that. What do you think of of Saban going and complaining to the NCAA about this? Well, I'm sure it's due, I'm sure it's all for player safety, just like in 2013 <laughs> with the uh, trying to slow down the offense in 2013. So, so true. <laughs> all, all for player safety, um, which we're all for that, no doubt. So, um, to me, it is what baffles me, and I know we're all biased. I get it. I am the same way. But to think that giving a kid a chance to kick a 52-yard field goal is just a gimme, that just blows my mind when I get into any conversations with an Alabama fan. They have all people. They have missed. They have seen kickers miss more field goals in in college football since Saban's been there than any other school. That is a fact. They've missed more (laughs) than any other school. And to say give it extra points, not just if I remember right, extra points too. Everything involved dealing with kickers. To give him listen, 
was it if if you're an Alabama fan, was it unfortunate that second was put back on? Absolutely. I think anybody would agree with that. Was it legal and called properly? Yes, every expert said it was. And um, you know, I have heard people so we know Gus went on there and said interesting rule change on Twitter. Alabama fans have jumped on and said that was very classless. And my my thing is their head coach after the game after the fourth that or the fourth quarter play which would have been on the field, he went on and said that was unfair and that's yep. a very legal play. So you got a lot of you got a lot of heat going on with the two schools. <laughs> and um, you know, should they have changed it? I don't know, whatever. It's just funny that it's created uh, again such a spark. Um and I think it's funny. And I and somebody said uh, I'm starting to like uh, quarantine Gus because he's being a little more He's having a little more fun with things, <laughs> even in some interviews. So uh, that was pretty he, – he trolled him, and he did a good job. I appreciate it. It was literally three words uh, that yeah. changed it from that tweet that uh, I was like, all right, Gus, I see you. Appreciate your, your snarkiness yeah. and uh, with that statement about that rule change. Uh, there were a couple other rule changes that uh, were made. Uh, there were some about the instant replay. Um, so not only – what we had just talked about, but now there's, they only allow two minutes for every replay. Um, and now there is a big asterisk there. I feel like the NCAA still has the right to do whatever they want. If it's extra complicated or has an end of game kind of repercussions, that's that big asterisk. So, you know, two minutes in most situations, but if we want to, we can pretty much look at the review forever. Like, I guarantee you, in the Auburn-Alabama game, Auburn's going to win, and there's going to be a replay that took two minutes and one second, and that's going to be a big deal. <laughs> Saban's going to go to the, the to the <laughs> SEC office and be like, yo, seriously? It took two minutes and one second for them to, yeah, I'm joking, obviously, <laughs> but I, I, one second seems to play a major part in that that's series. That's so, so funny. <laughs> it yeah, just I keeps we, coming back. It does. I think we talked about it. I mean, to be honest with you, AJ, I think you said this. So, but I'll just I'll give you credit on that. If you can't determine it in two minutes, I mean, we already should have been moving on. I mean, if you can't determine it in two minutes, slow motion, um, then you just got to keep it as stands. And I realize that may hurt Auburn, you know, down the road. I'm not. This is yeah. not one way or the other. It just is what it is. If you can't figure it out in two minutes, you got to shut the the screen off and move on. Exactly. Um, and so and, I don't. I mean, yeah. those reviews, they typically go frame by frame sometimes. See if he was in. Did he catch the ball? You know, whatever the, the review is on. And if you can't overturn it, then just move on. Just keep going. Like, yeah. And I'm glad they did this. I mean, this is going to help overall the, the play, just the flow of the game. Because how many times have we sat through a review that the longer the review goes on, the more suspicious that you're thinking this is about to get overturned. Um, and if they have two minutes, then just give like, if you can't figure it out, call on the field is, is what stands. Well, and one other thing, I wish they had to change this rule and I'm sure it's, this is truly probably is for respect out of the player that's on the field that's injured. But what annoys me is when there's a player injured for 10 minutes, they're working on getting him taken care of. We start the game and then they blow the clock and say, we got to go review the play, review the play while yep. the player's being injured. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand why they don't do that. Now, I know I'm sure it's probably a respect thing, and I can fully get on board with that. But, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to feel like disrespected if you're watching a, a the prior play while somebody's being looked at. 
Yeah, I mean, it's not like it's getting broadcast in the stadium. No. It's just for the ref's eyes and the viewers on the TV. They don't even have to know it's being reviewed. Just go review it while he's out there, and when everything's back, come back and say, hey, while he was injured, we reviewed the play, we overturned it, you know? Yeah, and which which game did that happen? I can't even remember. It was some game last year. Do you remember that specific game? Because I was thinking the same thing. It um, happens quite frequently. There's probably was a big one where it, everybody was it, watching and remembered it. But I just remember it happens all the time, and it drives me insane. And maybe it's just me, but I'm thinking that's another five-minute delay. Yeah. I want to say it was the Georgia game. It may have been. Because I think that – wasn't that the sideline reporter or something? And then oh, the player right. and stuff. You're right. And, and they again, had to go review that. I think it might have been that one. And, again, if this was impeding somebody being taken care of, that's fine. Like, yeah. I'm all for it. I don't. I think both can coexist mm-hmm. um, and, and not affect the other, and I just think that would help save time if you're trying to save time. Yeah, for sure, and get that game back to playing. Yeah. Uh, another rule change that happens uh, had to do with uh, the jersey numbers. Uh, so this had to do with uh, – I looked it up. I was curious why this rule happened. So apparently Michigan had an offensive player, a defensive player, and I think a kicker or a punter on the special teams that had the same number. So they had three different players with the same number. And apparently that was hard for scouting. Um, which, you know, maybe the kicker looks like the offensive player or defensive player. I can see that. I could see that being a little complicated. So what they did limit is only two players can have the same number. Um, and uh, also kind of uh, to add on to the rules about, jersey numbers now players can have that zero number that they've always wanted um i know basketball you can have it but i guess football players are also wanting that number zero um so i can't think of any famous players that have a zero so um but it is cool they can do it now and speaking of michigan and kickers and all that just don't put a kicker out at wide receiver that creates issues too (laughs) yep it sure does the uh, another change that also happened um had to do with the pregame so probably isn't going to affect too much, but apparently this is to limit a lot of the pregame confrontation that sometimes happens between teams, especially rivals. Um, before, I don't know if you noticed, but players were only allowed to get onto the field 60 minutes before the game happened, and now they're allowed um, to get on the field 90 minutes before. Um, I mean, I guess they're allowed to for like praying and stuff, but like there's other times where they're actually on with their shoulder pads on warming up. And now that's been extended to that 90 minutes before kickoff. Um, so Jared, sorry, there's not going to be as many pregame fights anymore. Aren't you sad? <laughs> I want to go back to the days when like Florida and Florida state, you know, they would, they would, they would pounce on the symbol in the middle of the field. And, <laughs> you know, now we're, we're too politically correct now, man. We need to get, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> It's a good thing. I'm kidding. Yeah. Um. I mean, I do like to see the passion, but uh, yeah. But yeah. I grew I grew up in the watching in the '90s where you know pregame fights were pr- pretty common. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh probably just to get a little bit of that extra yeah. player safety and whatever. It's a good thing. I'm not promoting that at all. But it. But it. Uh, you know, I, I I will say I pulled the popcorn out and would watch when it happened. But uh, <laughs> it's a good thing to have have control over it sooner. 
Yeah. Um, and then the last one that uh, got rule that got changed uh, has to do with targeting. It's a very minor change, and don't get your hopes up because it's really <laughs> not going to affect anything. Because the same targeting rules apply if you hit somebody in the head or neck area, you're pretty much out. Um, those rules are still the same. You're still say if you it happens in the first half, then you're out for the the rest of the first half and the second half of that same game. If it happens in the second half of a game, then it will affect the first half of the next game. Those haven't changed. Regardless, I don't think those are necessarily the right repercussions for this, but, you know, whatever. Um, It's player safety, and that's the part that I do get. I do appreciate the player safety that they're trying to get to. I just think that this rule is potentially overstepping. And uh, so the thing that is changing, when we get to that, um, with targeting is that player who got ejected for targeting can remain on the sideline. They can't play, but they can at least remain on the sideline. They don't have to go into the locker room. So that's kind of nice. I don't know how that really will help anything. <laughs> but eh. I, the only thing I could see is if it's a captain or something, he might could stay on the sideline and still help the team out. But I'm with you. I mean, uh, we kind of talked before this, you know, the podcast and, the only thing I could think is maybe there were some like senior players that missed out on the second half or the last game. Maybe they weren't able to be out there with their teammates. And so maybe that's why a coach proposed, Mm. Hey, let's at least let them be on the field. Um, I don't think from a tactical standpoint, it'll have any impact at all. I think it was probably just a little bit of a good, good measure, I guess. Um, Especially for senior players or people leaving early to, Hey, let's, let's let you be out there with your, teammates one last time but um as far as that goes we could talk all day about i don't think that's the right rules either um, yeah i'm all for player safety there's just so many there's too much gray area that that they don't allow gray area for and um where intent was not there on the hit and um and this goes for all teams i've seen georgia players that got thrown out and i said that's not the right call mm-hmm. and um you know so it's not just auburn players i, I just think there's a lot of missed calls on that Hey Auburn fans, I want to take a quick time out from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs. Especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C Network Booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C Network to join the E2C Network Booster Club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode.
I mean, you, you talk to just about everybody, every fan of every team, and they've been adversely affected by this rule. Uh, and the funniest part was, I, I think there was a quote that I was looking up about this, and apparently the NCAA said, oh, the targeting rule is working, quote, very, very well. And I was like, very, very well. What are you looking at? Like, <laughs> sure, you're, you're making player safety a little bit more of a priority, but there's so many times where players get ejected. Like, for example, in I think it was uh, the game right before the Iron Bowl, it was a nobody team, and we we were beating up on them. Had a, a guy, who was it, Smoke Monday? Is I that think right? it was Smoke Monday. Yeah, he got ejected um, because of targeting in the second half of that game. So he had to miss the first half of the Iron Bowl. That sucks. <laughs> like, I, I, I personally don't get why the first game doing that has to affect the next game. It's, it's a mistake in that game. Just my personal preference. I agree. And, you know, Gus, you know, he, you know, he, every coach hollers at refs and stuff, but I mean, he's, even though he got somehow got a unsportsmanlike one time in Tuscaloosa, <laughs> I think, but I, I mean, he was all over that ref and he, 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 it was on audio. You could hear, he was basically like, I don't know. We'll call the ref Jeff. He's like, Jeff, Jeff, do you realize what game we have next week? Yeah. Um, and he's not, I don't think he was necessarily looking for any favors. It was just such a, it wasn't intent. And I know yeah. people are like, intent doesn't matter. And I get that. Um, I think that's the problem with the rule. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think it was a bad hit. Um, but uh, by the definition, maybe it was targeting. I I, I still would debate that. But anyways, I, I we could go on forever. I think it's something that they need to keep looking at. I assume that all the uh, ADs and prints presidents and all that are, are okay with it because i assume they have the power to change it mm-hmm. um so maybe you and i are in the minority aj but um it doesn't uh, sound like it when i talk to my friends <laughs> when i go on twitter or facebook and i start reading after a targeting call uh, i i think we're in the majority here <laughs> yeah i think we are too i just uh don't want to i want it to be clear we are all for player safety i think there are other ways you can uh, accomplish that without forcing a kid to miss the biggest game of of his career possibly yeah exactly and and maybe uh, i mean maybe this is my optimism coming out but maybe this is a step even even a very small step of allowing people to stay on the sidelines to them really looking at revising this targeting role well to make it into something that that people respect yeah and you remember i mean i think two or three years ago they did they did a good thing they did say hey we can i think they i don't know if they i forgot now they made several adjustments maybe you couldn't even used to review was it targeting now you can to make sure he stays mm-hmm. in now i think they can even wave off the personal uh, uh, they at one point said we can review to keep him in but yeah. the penalty stays now yeah. i think they can wipe the whole thing away so yeah they have tweaked this along the way um and i stuttered through all that but ultimately they've made a lot of changes so Every year there's a tweak to it. Maybe we'll get to something a little better than causing kids to miss big games. Yeah. Um, for accidental hits. And yeah. if you do it on purpose, you deserve to sit mm-hmm. out. But there's just so many accidental um, hits. Yeah. And, and the craziest part is uh, when I when I look at plays happening in real time, a lot of times I see just regular form tackling good tackles and them getting called and and i'm thinking i wonder why that was called and then you start to slow down what happened 
a lot of the times it's the offensive player ducking his head mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. the defensive player has to get even lower to match him and and that's when those penalties come up and I mean I'm not trying to say that that reason should just wipe out any targeting because it's still targeting but that's that's kind of one of those gray areas of well the offensive player did it so me as a defensive player if I don't go down the guy's going to literally chop me in half <laughs> And I don't want that. That's going to hurt me, potentially break some ribs. No, that is not happening. Um, so there, player safety there, on the other side, defensive player side. Yeah, well, that's the other thing. So somebody brought that up last year. They're like, why is it that a running back can lower his head and just bulldoze through um, and a defensive guy, you know, can't? And the one that drives me the craziest, which you kind of hit on, is when you're going in to do a form tackle and the other player adjusts his body, and by the time you make contact, now it's a penalty. Um, that's, I don't know, man, that doesn't sit well with me. Um, there is a fallout to the intent is for everybody to be safe. And there's always a fall. Like you see it now in the NFL, they protect quarterbacks and you'll see some quarterbacks. They'll abuse that rule where they're acting like they're going to run out of bounds. And so you got to slow up. Well, then they'll get a few extra yards out of it because they know mm-hmm. you can't do anything about it. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they always got to be looking at this stuff. You want safety, no doubt, but, um, you want to make sure that, you're just being fair to both parties. Yeah. And I mean, I'm starting to think about the NFL and how they've started to protect, especially the quarterbacks and you can't go low on them. No, you can't hit them in the head. I mean, literally only spot now that you can hit them is in the numbers. And while that's great and all, not all tackles hit the numbers. Like you can't perfectly form tackle every tackle live game speed. It's just not, physically possible so there's going to be times when you have to go a little low or a little high just because of where your body is and theirs that's just the way it's going to be it it is and now you know last year they added the rule where you basically got to do an acrobatic move so you don't land on the quarterback so now Mm -hmm. let's assume by the grace of god you form tackle him properly you can't land on him improperly (laughs) or it's a roughing the passer oh my gosh and i remember was it last year where they had so many roughing the passers they finally tweaked it or told their officials hey we got to back up on this there was some legit clean hits that were being called and it was it was really ruining football um and again quarterbacks they they're they can be hit from blind sides i get all that let's protect them like crazy i get that but um you either go two-hand touch or you you can't allow some of this to be a penalty because some of it was very very clean hit um being thrown as a as a personal foul yeah for sure well i feel like we we kind of did like an overview of some of the rule changes that happened maybe there's some other minor ones that uh, get brought up, but I mean, these, these are the main ones. And I feel like these are the main ones that may affect Auburn, um, in the upcoming season for football, but let's talk about this upcoming season, uh, especially with coronavirus. I feel like every few weeks we have to almost do an update of, do you think it's going to happen? Is it going to happen? <laughs> How is it going to be a press season of only conference games? You know, that conversation almost on a weekly basis, we almost have to rehab it. Um, so Jared, you, you brought up this stat, of 99% of college athletic directors think that we're going to have college football. Um, that's pretty impressive. I mean, I, I, that's a lot of confidence in them. Yeah, I, I'm, I agree. I was a little – I think you and I both saw something that even sparked this research to be done as I think the uh, Syracuse athletic director had basically said that they were very confident they were going to have a season in the ACC and weren't even, weren't even planning to not. 
um, which I don't know if you should go that route and just write <laughs> plan, but he's being very optimistic. So I think, yeah. you know, we did a little research here, and on a large scale, 99% of the athletic directors think there's going to be a season. Um, and I'll probably let you maybe, if you won't break down kind of what that looks like. But, um, yeah, that's very promising. I was surprised by that number. Yeah, so I think the best way to break this down is kind of give you what the survey was and what they ended up doing was Stadium, um, the company Stadium, did a survey. They asked 130 FBS athletic directors, um, hey, do you think college football is going to happen? And it was a simple questionnaire from what it sounds like. And uh, of those 130, 114 answered. So you're looking at a good majority of what athletic directors have their opinion of. So I feel like this is a good, fair representation of the feeling from athletic directors, which I think, Jared, you and I can probably say they have more information about football season and if it's going to happen than you and I do. So they, they, they're saying that it's going to happen. Now, there's some alterations to it. Um, so I'm going to go with the, the one that a majority of the athletic directors ended up picking. Uh, so what they're thinking is 41% of them are thinking that there's going to be a 12-game regular season. So pretty much the same number of games, conference and non-conference, but start in October or November sometime in that. So push it back a little bit further, a couple months, and get the games going um, October, November. The next closest one is 24%, which is pretty much do the regular season, no changing of the schedules, conference, non-conference. And then the next closest is 20%, which would be doing only conference, and then also starting sometime in October, November. So I think those are the three main ones. So typically it's going to be starting October, November, or just doing the regular season is kind of the consensus here. Um, there's some people that are some athletic directors, 11% of them are saying we'll just have it, but the full season conference and non-conference in the spring. But I, I mean, maybe that happens. I mean, I'll, I'll be thankful for any football. Let's put it that way. Yeah. But if there's, what is this? 85% yeah 85% of athletic directors are saying that it's going to happen sometime this year and the 2020 season um, is going to happen or at least start in October November or August September you know that time frame I feel pretty good does that make you feel better about us having this football season um, if they even that if most of these athletic directors are also saying so yeah, it does. I mean, I think that one thing we probably need to keep in mind is that this is like real, you know, this is hard data here from legit athletic directors. And you know that they're in constant contact with, you know, the SEC commissioner and who's in contact with the NCAA. So I don't think these are just shooting from the hip of, oh, this is what I hope. I think some of this probably carries a lot of merit. Um, I think the one that had supposedly been picking up some steam was playing this 12 game schedule in spring. And I honestly had even started thinking that was the most likely. And to see mm-hmm. that one as the least likely of, of the four big options was kind of comforting. Um, I think one of the things that's really going to come out, we don't know right now, and I'm no scientist, but there is data being taken now in a lot of major cities that, that are indicating potentially that um, we have more, quote unquote, herd immunity than we thought. There's an antibody test being done that might lead to the fact that more people have it than we thought didn't even show symptoms now the good thing about that is is that if we have that 
supposed herd immunity from what I'm hearing, that might allow us to open things up. Um, I don't know that we know that yet. So I think that we're still in a good spot of trying to figure everything out as a country. If we get to that point, though, where we realize, all right, um, there's a lot more people that have had this and are now immune, if that's possible, that'll be huge. And that would lead to the, um, I think, the October-November opening. Mm -hmm. And that might be optimistic um, because you're only looking at one more month, really. But, um, you know, the next two or three weeks will probably be pretty telling about what we can come up with scientifically. And... um, which which will lead to to us getting back to normal with everything in sports included. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of think and keep in mind kind of how the NCAA basketball tournament started, or at least conference tournaments kind of started thinking, well, maybe not even have fans out there. So I, I'm almost having an asterisk in my mind. I don't know if this is true or not, but if even if the first few games there's no fans or something allowed, and it's it almost have that exhibition scrimmage type feel to it. At least it's something. Um, but I don't know. That's just kind of what I'm thinking. Worst case is something like that happens, or at least that what these, these numbers are telling me and how the athletic directors are feeling about this whole situation. Yeah. I think the one thing uh, you're right, if we can, you know, we got to do what we got to do. So if it's having the first few non-conference games without fans and then we can get them back in for the SEC, I think the biggie, and I think you and I talked about it before, is that college football is a little more unique than some of these pro sports and the fact that, um, you know, they spread the money out. It's not an actual company being run. And so we rely so heavily on ticket sales Mm -hmm. and uh, the, you know, stuff being sold in the stadium. So, um, it's going to be very key for them to find a way to do this with fans. However, if it comes down to them looking at AD saying, we either don't have a season or we do it with no fans, I feel confident they'll go, let's do it with no fans, because that will be at least some revenue coming in through TV deals. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I mean, I think overall, I think we're becoming, uh, we're seeing more signs to this potentially opening up and the 2020 season at least at some point for the football, uh, for college football. Uh, and worst comes to worst, it sounds like we're going to have something in the spring. Um, but at least right now, most people, athletic director-wise, are thinking this year. Um, so we'll see. I mean, like you said, there, there's going to be uh, lots of uh, – a lot more things that come out in the next few weeks that do we actually have antibodies that are starting to build up to build that herd immunity – or not, and yeah. To be clear on that, I'm not. I don't. I'm not proposing anything. I'm strictly relaying that there is a possibility that that is going on, and I think we need more data. Uh, yeah, but if that's sure. the case, that could help. And one other thing, real quick, and then and then I'll be done with this. We may find out this to be a great thing because you know we talk about wanting to play in warmer weather, but I'm telling you, man, <laughs> September, early October games can be real hot. So if we start this in November and it becomes a real nice thing, maybe we do this every year. Not the, <laughs> not the pandemic, but maybe we shift the schedule a little bit. Hey, uh, my, my, I mean, it's kind of like the virtual uh, companies are learning. Yeah. Hey, we can actually function. A lot of them working from home. You've said yeah. in, you've said in Jordan hair for 2 PM kickoff <laughs> in September. And uh, it's, it's not fun. <laughs> brutal especially if you got the sun right in your face you're definitely getting a sunburn yes sir (laughs) uh jared before you get out here do you want to give me your social media yeah it's you can just find me just on facebook uh, under my name jared davis or on instagram uh jared davis 
And you can find me on Twitter at A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?